Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and we have another great show for you today. We are here with a very special guest who traveled into town. Her name is Raji of the Yoga Room and New the Yoga Space. Wait, yes, <laughs> the, yoga <space. laughs> the Yoga Space. I had a mind fart there. Um, <laughs> the Yoga Space in Keene, New Hampshire. Um, so, Raji, welcome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, so. So you have been a yoga instructor for a really long time, like since the 90s, which is definitely one of the early waves of yoga. And you are doing all kinds of cool stuff now, like bringing a lot of mantra programs into yoga trainings and things like that. Um, so I'm really, really excited to kind of talk about how your business blossomed and and um, kind of the more contemporary things that you're doing. But I would love to hear more about how you got into yoga in the 90s. Like, this is before the internet, really. It is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, basically, I was dancing. Um, I'm a dancer um, professionally in New York. I grew up in New York. And um, I had taken some yoga classes, you know, just sporadically during high school here and there, but nothing major at all. And But I loved it. And then I was, you know, dancing 24-7, and, you know, dancing is not really a very healthy career, I have to say. So, um, you know, my body was really tired. I had, like, tendonitis all over my body, just lots of injuries and things like that. And so in 93, uh, I went for a yoga teacher training. I'm just feeling, not really knowing exactly what I would want to do with it, but just basically going to learn more to have a healthy lifestyle and to treat my body in a healthy way instead of just pushing all the time. And I had been to Kripalu before. And so in 93, I went for the full month training and just kind of dove right in Whoa. and got, yeah, had my, um, got my 200 hour, uh, yoga teacher training then. That, so that's really amazing. So you, you didn't really know a huge amount of yoga, but you, you felt like you wanted something for self-care and to explore your body in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. So what did you do with yoga in the nineties, like for your personal practice or how, how did that fit into your life early on? Um, in the nineties, you mean when I got my certification? Exactly. I actually started teaching a few weeks after Um, I got certified. Wow. So yeah, and I just, like I said, I dove right in and I started teaching um, in New York and um, on Long Island. And uh, it it just became my life. I mean, dance, you know, I was still dancing, but it wasn't full time anymore. And it was a nice, uh, you know, counterbalance for the dance world. And yeah, so I would teach and then kind of exploring how I wanted to teach and who I wanted to teach. And then um, for myself, just you know, spending more time like slowing down and stretching and being more mindful. Yeah. How how did you explain yoga to people back in the day? 
I know it's like not back people, in the day, but you know what I mean. Yeah, people knew what it was. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. It's not that. It's not. <laughs> I mean, you know, like in the '60s and '70s, I think it was a, what is yoga? What is this all about? What is yoga? But I feel like it was starting to evolve, but it was more of a fad. You know, like oh, I'll just do it. I'll just try it because it's cool or something. Um, it wasn't as much of a lifestyle as it is now. It's mm. just really part of people's, you know, everyday life, which is so beautiful. Yeah. So, um, but people knew what it was. And, and I wasn't really out there promoting a whole lot either. So it was more of just attracting the people that knew what it was and, and yeah. wanted to practice. That's really interesting. Yeah. I feel like yoga didn't really come into my personal consciousness until I was in my maybe early 20s and I'm 37 now but it was yeah it was definitely in the the early the kind of like mid 2000s that it really started coming into my awareness and so I guess it maybe in just my in my mind I was like what happened before then I have no idea (laughs) yeah people knew about it they do but it's not again it wasn't something that people said oh I want to make this part of my everyday life it was just oh let me try this yeah type of thing that's really cool yeah that's really cool yeah. and so and so you have your own yoga studio in Keene New Hampshire now I do can you tell us a little bit about what that space is all about and the kind of yoga that you practice there sure absolutely so the yoga space is like my second home it's just mm. um yeah it's such a sweet little spot um it's in Keene New Hampshire on Washington Street and um we've been in business for 16 years now and um opened in 2003 and uh, we have you know daily yoga classes for all levels all styles of yoga and um, we have a little retail section that we most mostly in the uh, during the holiday season we um, you know get yoga mats in and scarves and malas and all kinds of fun things um, for retail but the everyday practice is you know two or three yoga classes a day there and then uh, mostly on weekends we have events workshops on uh, healthy lifestyle. We have kirtans, which is like Hindu devotional song and music. And we bring in master yogis and master musicians, which is really fun for me to just be bringing that all together to have connection to kind of outside of Keen, you know, just the whole yoga world. So, yeah. That's really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really kind of cool to see the communities blossom in the different yoga studios. And yeah, I love that you have the, the kirtan coming through your space as well. Yeah, we do. It's nice. And it's, it's actually, as soon as you walk in the door at the yoga space, we have one wall that is just um, pictures of all the events that we've had and mm. people coming in. And it's just, it's very homey. Yeah, it's Aww. really sweet. That's really, really lovely. Mm-hmm. And it looked like on your website that you had quite a few teachers as well under under the umbrella of uh, the yoga space in Keene. Yeah, we do. We have about between eight and ten um, on staff. That's amazing. It's it's really nice. And we have such a super staff too, just very non-competitive. Just everyone is really into the yoga, you know, the lifestyle and wanting to pass it on to um, other folks. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And you know, it's it's funny because in Northampton, I tend to be very Northampton centric. So it's it's cool to hear about what's going on in Keene because you guys are just an hour. You're it's like an hour an from hour. here. Yeah, that's not far. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> come visit us. Come take a class. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you come down to Northampton fairly regularly, right? You're you you come visit the East Hampton Studio, um, Sacred Roots Healing. Yes. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your connection to, to that uh, that studio in, in East Hampton. Sure. So that's um, it's been a fairly new relationship. Um, Jen and I met uh, a few months ago, and um, we do very similar um, things with our studios. So we host a lot of the same people, and um, you know we have daily yoga classes, and we're I feel like we're kind of in the same vibe as far as um, you know what our intentions are for a community. And uh, we met, I was looking for different studios this summer to bring my mantra workshops to. And a good friend of mine knows Jen, the owner of um, uh, the Healing Roots Sacred, Sa- sacred, sacred Roots Healing. Healing thank yeah. you. And, um, and so she said, oh, you have to get in touch with Jen. She's, the studio is so similar to yours. It's just like beautiful and amazing. And so, um, you know, I contacted her and we connected. And so um, I've, I've been teaching a few workshops, mantra workshops there this summer, Very which cool. I've really enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely want to delve more into the mantra workshops because that's something that you've been really developing and working super hard on. Um, when a moment ago, when you said that you have you and Jen at Sacred Roots Healing have very similar intentions in the communities, what are when you're when you're thinking about developing uh, intentions around your the, the yoga communities? What what does that look like for you? Um, the intention is really just to bring people together for community and having a safe, sacred space to practice yoga and meet other like-minded people. I feel like especially in these times, it's really important to come together and have um, like-minded people to be with and um, to be able to chant and sing and practice yoga and be in circle and listen to music and just all those things that bring joy and freedom. And I feel like Jen is very similar. Um, and like I said, we host so many similar people that come in. So it's it's nice to be connected to that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like we should be friends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we should do some things together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really lovely. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about, um, I'm like, oh, do I want to delve into the mantra stuff yet? Um, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about your, your mantra trainings. Tell us, um, tell us about, uh, how, well, first of all, tell people who are listening, what, what is mantra? Okay. So mantra, um, is, is formed from uh, two words, manas, which means mind and tray, which means to set free from or freedom. And so mantra basically means to set free from the mind. And so why do we want to do that? We want to do that because sometimes we have racing thoughts or we um, have a lot of, you know, uh, subconscious thoughts that might not be healthy or might be very negative. And so just like med- it's a form of meditation, really. And so when you're in a meditative state, you can, um, you know, free the mind and slow the mind down and empty the mind. And mantra, what we do in the trainings, it's Sanskrit mantra. So there's a lot connected to the Sanskrit language and how it's directly connected to our energetic body. Uh, and it's, it's just um, magic, actually. It's really magic. It's a beautiful practice. It's, like I said, it's a form of meditation. And it's really nice for folks that have trouble just sitting and saying, okay, I'm going to empty my mind and I'm just not going to think about anything, which is so hard, which is more really like the Zen type of meditation. And with mantra, what we do is we repeat mantras over and over. It's called mantra japa. 
And by repeating the mantra over and over and over, you get into a state that is very similar to just silent meditation. And it's usually a lot easier for people because they have something to focus on, um, whether they're chanting out loud or just kind of letting it repeat inside internally. It's a, it's a set task. It for is people. exactly. Yes. So how are people, how do people receive these different mantras? How do they know? Because there's a lot, isn't there thousands yes, of mantras? There are. So how do people know or navigate which mantras to use? How does, how do people find those? the right ones? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a big part of the training because we, uh, well, I can just say that the training we're talking about, it's a 200 hour uh, yoga alliance certified mantra teacher training and study immersion. So it's very unique. It's the only one of its kind right now. Yeah, I have never heard. I mean, I've heard of other other practitioners doing mantra trainings, but never within the yoga alliance format. Right. So it's it's very exciting. It's taken from my teacher, Namadeva Thomas Ashley Ferrand, which a lot of people are familiar with. He passed in 2010. And so these are kind of continued teachings of his. And um, I totally forgot the question you just asked me before. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I went off on this whole thing. No, no, And no, you no. asked me a specific question. Oh, how do people know what mantras to use? Yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's, like I said, that's part of the training is there's thousands of mantras and it's being able to be quiet with yourself and intuitively know what mantras should be used for certain situations because there is, there's just endless amounts. And it's also in the training, what we do is we practice a lot of different mantras. So you start to know what you like, what doesn't work for you. And you kind of, you gather in, in your own little basket, you know, maybe a dozen mantras that you use or you want to um, br- uh, teach other people or pass on to other people. So you get really familiar with, you know, maybe a dozen, two dozen mantras, and then you can facilitate. So it's, it's basically trying a mantra, working with it for a little bit, seeing if it settles, if it feels good, if it feels like it's making changes in your life, then you continue with it, and it feels like something is not working, then you might wanna change it up a little bit and use something different. If people are doing a mantra and they feel a very strong aversion to a particular mantra, do you encourage them to keep digging? It depends. That's a really hard question to answer, like it's not black and white. So if someone is, uh, say for instance, they're chanting for career, which is a lot of um, Ganesha mantras, which is a Hindu deity, um, and they're chanting Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha, which is salutations to Ganesha or remove obstacles in my way to like the perfect job type of thing. We all want to remove those obstacles. Uh, we do, every Clear day. Clear the path. Clear the path. Exactly. <laughs> and um, for some reason, if they're chanting it for maybe just a few days or a week and they're feeling anxious about it or they're not feeling like it's working it depends on the situation but i would most likely say just continue with this mantra because it's just bringing stuff up for you and because you're feeling maybe an aversion to it i think it's just bringing stuff up but you need to keep going because that mantra is very safe to use at any time Um, but if they were working with a mantra that was maybe not as um 
kind all the time. I mean, sometimes there are some mantras that work really, really um, quickly and can bring up stuff. Um, then I would say, well, maybe let's you know slow down, maybe not do as many repetitions every day, or let's do a simple mantra first for nine or 21 days and then go to back to that one. So there's different ways you can maneuver it. Okay. But it's, yeah, it's a real personal type of situ- you know, situation. So people are, are repeating these, monstr- these mantra, the Sanskrit mantra, and they're doing this as a form of meditation. They kind of get into a, you know, a single focus of just doing their, their repetitions. And, and you said that they, they do these for a certain length of, of days as well. You said for, you mentioned nine or 21 days. Sure. So there are different mantra disciplines that you can do. And we learned this in the training as well. There's, you can start off with like a nine day um, practice. You can do a 21 day practice. A 40 day practice is considered more of like the formal practice. And, And it's choosing a mantra or having one kind of assigned to you and um, deciding on how much time you want to do a practice every day. Maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's a half an hour, maybe it's an hour. And then you decide how long you're going to practice for, how many repetitions of that mantra you do. And you do it for that length of time, but consecutive days. So if it's nine days, 21, 40 days, and it goes beyond 40 as well. But, and if you're doing a 40 day practice and you miss, you, you forget to say it on the 38th day, you go back to day one. What? Yeah, you have to. <laughs> Why? Because you're, well, you're building the energy um, for change because it, it's a vibration in the body and it's actually internally changing your thoughts and the way that you act and behave. So then it, it changes the external environment around you. And if you get if you're just chanting half of the 40-day practice or if you get three quarters of the way, you're not giving it like the 100% um, effect or benefit that you can have. Yeah. So this is a very, this, this is a very dedicated spiritual practice. It is. Because I, I feel like, you know, when people talk a lot, and maybe maybe this has changed and maybe this is different from studio to studio but oftentimes with the the physical asanas of yoga that physical practice some people really fold that into their spiritual practice and it's kind of the precursor to meditation and you know follows more of a traditional pathway and then i know a lot of people who use it as a as a form of exercise because it feels good it calms them down it helps their other form of athletics or you know kind of supports their the what they're doing at the gym and so i feel like yoga can really go in a lot of different directions but this sounds like it's it's a step closer towards a more traditional spiritual practice it is it is that's yes i would say so Although, I mean, that mantra kind of, if you isolate mantra, yes. But it really, if we talked about like Patanjali's Eightfold Path, which is um, so many different types of practices or steps for enlightenment or non-suffering, the physical practice of yoga is so beneficial, like you said, in so many different ways, and it touches so many different people for so many different reasons. And my teacher would always say, you have to exhale as much as you inhale meaning that we need quiet time as well as physical activity. So if you're doing a a really um, dedicated yoga practice, something like meditation or mantra meditation would be perfect to counterbalance that. 
so it's traditional, yes, but it's really, uh, it creates a whole to the practice of physical practice plus meditation and breathing and mantra, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Do people call you up on the 38th day and say, Rashi? <laughs> I've had that happen. <laughs> I've, it's, ha- it's happened to me many times. Oh. You fall asleep or something, but um, then you just start over and it becomes... Once you do one or two formal practices and you kind of get through it and you're like, oh, it's, I've succeeded through this, you just want to do another one. And it becomes a part of your life where you notice the benefits and you want to do it every day. So that it becomes easier. Even if you're not a really disciplined person, um, it takes time, but eventually it becomes a really beautiful part of your life. Hmm. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Energy Matters on WXOJ, Valley Free Radio, 103.3. And we are chatting with Rajaswari. Is that how the the full pronunciation of, can you pronounce it correctly for me? Sure. It's Rajeshwari. 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 Okay. (laughs) Thank you for that correction. Um, I know how to, I know how to write it out properly. um, So uh, of the, the yoga space in Keene, New Hampshire, and we're here chatting about, um, about the yoga teacher, the 200 hour yoga, yoga teacher training for mantra, specifically for mantra that she just developed. Um, So tell me about how you developed this program, because this is so unique. Like I really haven't seen any formal training programs like this before through the Yoga Alliance, which is pretty much the organization that accredits yoga teachers. Right, right. Um, So how did I develop it? Yeah, how did this all come about? Yeah, so uh, I met my spiritual teacher in 2006 at Kripalu. Okay. And his name is Namadeva. Many people know who he is. Thomas Ashley Ferrand is his American name. And he basically brought mantra to the West in a way that it wasn't necessarily kirtan or song, but it was healing, a healing modality. So that you would choose mantras and repeat them and chant them over and over for specific things in life, like relationships or health or abundance or um, addiction, all kinds of things, spiritual illumination, protection, and, um, and it's a therapy. It's actually a therapy. And so I met him in 2006 at one of his uh, workshops, and he very quickly became my mentor and my spiritual teacher and close friend. Um, And unfortunately, we didn't have much time together because he passed in 2010, and uh, with so many teachings to continue teaching the world and um, so much information. And I would say in 2014, perhaps, uh, I had... I mean, I feel him around me just so much um, anyway, you know, just all the time. Mm. But I had this one uh, particular meditation where I was just, you know, sitting very quietly and I was kind of in a deep meditative state and I could feel his presence. And the message was um, to write something. Mm. And I didn't really understand what he was talking about or how I could ever do that because I've I've never written anything before. And um, what came through was to do um, a mantra teacher training. And in a way that it was devised for not just yoga teachers, but really for anybody. And that it had a structure uh, of a lot of mentoring so that it was not just sending off, you know, material to someone or reading a book, but it was lots of one-on-one, you know, mentoring and things like that. And so I 
um, got in touch with a really close friend who is wonderful at raising money and things like that. And um, I went on sabbatical for about six months and I wrote the first, um, the 200 hour training in um, 2016. Wow. So that's how it came. And it was pretty amazing because I felt like it was just really channeled through him, you know, through me, from him. When I look at it, look at all the um, material now, because there's uh, a manual and there's a mantra handbook and then recordings. I look at it all now and I just, it doesn't feel like I wrote all of it, you know? I mean, certainly I did organize it and I wrote it, but there's so much of his um, teachings that came through. And so that's how it was born. Wow. Yeah. That takes a lot of courage to get information, to channel information, and then trust it enough that you're like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I think it was, she's behind me all the way. <laughs> so I'm not alone in this. He's still and, mentoring you. Oh, yeah, completely. And because he was such a big influence in my life, that, that energy is just like, it just pushes me forward. And that's how it began hmm. yeah. what is the the guru and disciple relationship what did that look like for you do you would you can do you use that language guru and disciple or what was what is the maybe correct language that you would use to teach your student yeah either one they, they mean the same thing okay basically yeah and I wasn't really looking for a, a master teacher or a guru in any way but it's just something that happened yeah and it was so clear you know because um his energy and his teachings were just really changed my life for the good at that time. I was going through a lot of challenges. And so, yes, I would consider him my guru. And um, I never used that language that I was his disciple, but it, that's perfectly fine also, you know, just a real close student. And, um, yeah, so it was a magical experience to uh, meet him, and he touched so many thousands of people's lives. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Do you um, so when when you set this program up, what what was it that made you want to put it as a yoga alliance? What in, within that structure? Uh, I feel like I wanted it to have integrity. Um, it does have integrity, and um, I wanted I I do know that it's just going to get out into the world in a bigger way. Hmm. So that's why I went forward with um, the Yoga Alliance yeah, certification. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. If someone has never taken a yoga class and like no ever like 200, you know, 200 or five hour yoga classes trainings, could they start with a mantra training? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the beginner level. It's um, as far as, a, you know, you start with a 200-hour, if you're doing any trainings, you start with a 200-hour. Okay. So this is kind of the baseline, and it really is for anyone. Yoga, yoga teachers can take it. Yoga practitioners can take it. But I've had nurses take it. I've had Reiki practitioners take it. I've had acupuncturists, you know, any kind of light worker um, take it. We've brought these uh, mantra, this whole mantra modality into prisons. We've brought them into recovery centers, wow. hospitals, corporations, schools. Yeah, so it's really growing and it's really exciting to see the power of this work moving into different communities. Why do you think that mantra is gaining more and more acceptance into the mainstream now? That's a great question. And it's, I can tell you that 
basically mantra was not accessible to us or to people at all when it was, I mean, talking thousands of years ago, it was kept secret with the Brahmin priests because they did not want uh, people to have control. It was such a powerful practice that it was kept to them. And, um, and then it slowly started to seep out and um, it was taught orally to people. So there, was, there were no record, you know, recordings or scriptures or writings or anything about mantra for a very long time. Um, so it was orally taught and then it was brought into, um, it was written on palm leaves and into these books. Uh, and then it was translated into the scriptures we know today as the Vedas and the Upanishads. And so now in this day and age, we have these mantras to work with. So, I mean, that's one reason that it's more accessible because there are so many more teachers and books on mantra and how powerful it is. The other, I would say, is because there are so many yoga teachers now and so many yoga practitioners, I mean, I don't, millions, right? I mean, of it's Absolutely. just such a lifestyle, which is really exciting and beautiful. Um, and I also feel as though they're wanting something deeper. So they've gone to yoga teacher trainings and they've done their practices every day and they're, do, you know, they're doing it and they're loving it. But where does this come from? And, you know, what's the philosophy behind this? And how can I balance my physical practice with a meditation practice or a mantra practice? So I feel like all of those, you know, people that are um, just expanding their consciousness with the phys physical practice are having these questions and it's drawing them deeper into, I'd love to layer on some, this the whole mantra knowledge because it's so vast and it just, it helps grow the physical practice also. Absolutely. Yeah. Just back and forth. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's really, really neat. Do you, um, how has mantra impacted your life? What have you seen happen from doing mantra? Do you have any like, oh, yeah. interesting I mean, stories you know, that you, you have can like share 10 with us? Hours? No. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> oh, so many different ways. Uh, I would say, I mean, for sure, it it's extremely calming. It's very peaceful because it's a form of meditation. Mm. And it's, uh, it's a time that brings a lot of sacredness into my life when I'm doing my practice. Uh, it's also very powerful like it brings a lot of energy into the body and into the mind brings a lot of clarity into um, into people's lives for me personally I feel as though it gave me a lot of strength um, at a really hard time in my life and it was able I was able to kind of move forward in my life in a very positive way and um, that's basically when I started you know, I had opened the studio in 2003, met Nama Deva in 2006, but really my studio started to expand and really um, generate a lot of attention when I was really starting to chant and, and, and feel the abundance and the, and the energy around me and around the studio. So that's definitely one way. Um, also, just with certain health conditions that I've suffered from, I feel as though it's been a powerful tool for me to, you know, find the right... Uh, path to healing, whether it's an acupuncturist or a doctor or whatnot. So it's been really wonderful for me health-wise. Uh, it's also um, given me um, a chance to be with like-minded people and um, 
to bring this practice into uh, to other people, you know, to the world. Yeah. So, yeah. Have you know what have you what kind of stories have you heard from other people about how mantra has affected the community or, or other other people's lives as they've as they've observed doing yeah. these mantra sets? Yeah, so many stories. I mean, really beautiful stories because I do work with groups of people with group chanting, but I work with uh, do a lot of personal consults also, and uh, just life changing things. Really, you know finding the right relationship for them perhaps i did a mantra set i actually did about three months of mantra for my spiritual husband and i have a great guy in my life now okay there you go <laughs> but it was it was like i was like he just walked right in but yeah. i did a lot of purification and all kinds of crazy stuff happened to my physical body my period shifted there was a lot that happened I mean, it was it was very strange. There was a, another guy that I was dating, and then after me starting the mantra series, like a week later, everything was going great. And then a week after I started this mantra set, we broke up. <laughs> and then, well, yeah. yeah, it was like okay, well, he's not in the vibrational alignment with these with the mantra that I'm chanting right now. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and it was it was like wow, this stuff is. Is really this powerful. is really potent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The universe hears us. You know, we have an, a set an intention and we start chanting the Sanskrit words and it's like things start rolling. You know, you jump into the river and it's taking you down. So you really, you, you start this momentum when you're chanting. And one thing I tell people when they're, you know, starting to do a practice is be open to everything around you. You know, it doesn't mean that when you start a 40 day mantra practice that everything is going to be fantastic you have to realize that people might bow out of your life and it's be it's all for your highest good that's the thing when you're working with these words and sanskrit words um it's all for your highest good so if friends start to leave your life or your romantic relationship or whatever just listen to that and be with it because there are other things on the horizon for you that are going to like vibrate at a higher frequency for you and you just have to trust it so yeah, so I've seen people go through relationship changes. Um, I've seen people uh, with jobs, you know, doing things, having the courage to maybe leave a job that was not their sole purpose and move into something, you know, become an entrepreneur, say, and move into a practice that is uh, really aligned with their power and their sole purpose. Uh, I also have seen, um, again, health things for people, you know, um, different things that they're not really sure how, which way to go, which path to go on as far as healing and things just show up for them. And it's, it's real, it's magical. It's so hard to talk, talk about it because it's an experiential practice. Mm. So you really have to, I mean, you have, you do have to know, you know, what mantra to chant and how long to chant it and all of that. But it's really through experience that you say, wow this is this has got something to it you know these words are really powerful so that's basically yeah you had really had to I, I just suggest that everybody just try it out and see how it feels yeah yeah so it sounds like mantra also has a lot of different applications so meaning meaning that you can do it for health or relationships um you know like is there is there anything that you particularly that th you think that mantra works particularly well for, or is very effective for, or just something that you just love doing mantra for in particular? Uh, really, anything in life. I mean, seriously. I mean, any any type of 
any category of life, you know, mantra can help because what you're doing is you're, like I had said before, you're just building like the internal energy inside and it creates a change around you. So the world just seems different. It's clearer mm. and it's happier and it's more joyful. So that sounds good. This sounds, it's amazing. <laughs> and so then like in every single category of your life will shift and change and it doesn't mean that if you chant a mantra practice, you're just like everything is going to fall apart and you're going to have something new in every category of your life. It might mean that your relationships get richer and deeper and better. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's just, it refines life so that you can um, enjoy it. Aww. And yeah, it's really beautiful. Would you be willing to share a, a mantra with our listeners today that maybe sure. is one that is, is safe and more universal that people could um, could experience just to practice uh, as they're driving in their cars or at home listening sure. to their radios? Or, Absolutely. And yeah. you're going to have to go slowly because this is in Sanskrit so it's a different language okay so sure. and if you're just tuning in um, we're chatting with Raji of the yoga space in from Keene New Hampshire and we're talking about her her mantra yoga program and so we're, we're about to learn a mantra so sure. that you can practice this at home sure so what comes to me is um, one for abundance because that's always something that you know Okay, and why not have abundance? How do you understand abundance? What does that word mean to you? So abundance means uh, abundance of all things. And that can be um, abundance of love in your life. It can be good health in your life. It can be money. Um, it can yeah. be, uh, <laughs> of course, that's what we think of with abundance. I know, that's my first exactly. thing. Exactly. <laughs> um, it can be abundance of crops or food or sun or rain. It's just um, a generous portion of I like that is what abundance is yeah awesome. okay and so there is a deity um, a Hindu god who is Lakshmi and so she is um, the goddess of abundance of all kinds and you see her very often with um, four arms and one of them has gold coins falling from her palm and she's very adorned so she likes to be beautiful with like the jewelry and all of that so that's Lakshmi so if you can try to envision a beautiful goddess while you're chanting this okay and so the first word is om this so we'll do a little call and response so this okay. is how i would teach somebody okay so om om shreem shreem maha maha lakshmi a lakshmi a namaha namaha that basically means salutations to the great heart-centered lakshmi and it brings abundance of any type at all. So if you, so I'm going to do it one whole time, then you're going to repeat after me. Okay. So it's Om Shreem Maha Lakshmiye Namaha. Om Shreem Maha Lakshmiye Namaha. All right. That's it. All right. So Om Shreem Maha Lakshmiye Namaha. Om Shreem Maha Lakshmiye Namaha. Namaha. And you can chant that nine times, say. Okay. Or you could chant it 27 times, which is a quarter mala. So we use a counting tool, which or prayer beads that you're wearing. Yeah. And, and so there's 108 beads on a, on a mala. Mm -hmm. And very often we choose to do either a quarter mala, which is 27 rounds, 54, which is half a mala, or a full mala is 108 times. Okay. So you can choose how many times you want to repeat it. Okay. And... Um, so for listeners, try it. Try to chant this Lakshmi mantra every day, um, at least for nine days. Maybe okay. you can continue for 21 days. Okay. And 
see the magic. And so you can use, if you don't have a mala, you could do just any kind of beads. You could use your fingers. You, you could, could use, fingers. Okay. yeah, you could use um, any kind of beads, anything that you can count with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So is this similar to how Catholics use a rosary? It is very similar. Actually, the mala was the first kind of ancient prayer bead, and the rosary was taken from the mala. Really? So the rosary is, is half a mala. The rosary is 54 beads. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did they trace that? Did somebody, how, how did they figure out that the Catholicism <laughs> kind of like was influenced by, um, by Hinduism? Well, the story goes that um, the British came into India. They were using the malas or whatnot. And japa mantra is the repetition of mantra. And they took the word jap, which means rose. Oh. And they created the rosary, oh, which is lovely. 54 beads. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. really pretty. It I is. like that. Yeah. When, when is this training happening? Because you said it was person to person. So the, this is all, none of the, this is not an online training. This is all like, we're going to do this in person. No, there's actually different, um, or different ways that I'm offering it now. Oh, lovely. Tell yeah. us more about that. So um, it is a 200-hour teaching, uh, mantra teaching, uh, teacher training. And uh, we start October 5th at the Yoga Space in Keene. So this, I'll, I'll tell you the two different ways that we're doing it. Um, there are um, students that are signing up for the Keene, New Hampshire training, which is the first weekend of every month from October through May. So okay. it's an eight-month program. Okay, and so it's one the first weekend of the month. Right, so it's sat- all day Saturday and Sunday of the first weekend. And um, we gather there, and we go from like nine to six on both days um, for the teachings. And then um, at the end of May, we go on a five-day retreat for um, the course review and for practice teachers and for testing and graduation ceremony. Where do you guys go? We go to Bethel Farm. Um, uh, it's in Hillsborough, New Hampshire. It's okay. a beautiful, yeah, beautiful spot. I thought you were going to be like, we go to Costa Rica. Oh, like, I'm well. in. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done two trainings in Costa Rica, actually. Oh, they've been a different format, a 21-day format. Uh, we're still working with that because it's a lot of information for 21 days. So this eight-month program is really rich and full because people can learn for a weekend and they go off in their lives and they're doing disciplines and they c- we join back together. You can digest the material a you, little differently. You really can. Um, the other way that I'm offering at this time around is online. So if uh, you're interna- if there's international students or students that um, cannot travel to Keen once a month, then there's an online training. So they basically get all the teachings um, in a recorded fashion, but then they check in with me uh, once a month. We do um, like a video conference call and they get personal mentoring from me once a month. And then they meet, we all have, we all meet at the retreat, the five day retreat at the end of May. That's lovely. It's really nice. And I feel like that's a really nice, I mean, that's why the internet is so great because I feel like it connects us in a different way, especially if we're homebound or caring for little ones or family members. It's really, really nice to be able to, or just don't have the accessibility to travel exactly for any reason. So um, I I love that you have both options. Yeah. I was hesitant for the online, uh, you know, developing the online training, but I'm really liking it. We did the first, um, last year was the first year that I incorporated the online training and it was just it was wonderful Hmm. yeah really loved it because you can touch so many more people yeah Yeah. 
So there was something that, you know, kind of popped into my head a little bit when we were talking earlier about um, the kind of influence of the um, the Catholic rosary and sort of having its its influences in the, the mantra from when the, the British were over in India and, you know, kind of seeing those overlaps. And, you know, because this is a, a deeper spiritual tradition and you know a lot of americans are just tuning into and a lot of westerners in general are really just kind of tuning into these different you know you know hinduism is a different religion and it's a different spiritual tradition um do do you find what what do you find are people's experiences blending maybe their backgrounds in catholicism or you know protestant or or whatever kind of christian or muslim faith or you know how, do, how does that tend to blend with these more Hindu traditional spiritual practices? Well, I would say I've come across this actually quite a bit. And uh, what I feel is that the practices are very universal, mm. whether it's, you know, physical yoga or mantra meditation, and that their practices, they are spiritual practices, but they're not religious. So there is a difference. And... Um, because I say that, the reason why I say that is because the Sanskrit language is um, very energetically connected to our body. Mm. So it's an energetic practice. And you can believe anything. You can have any religious belief, but it's this, the Sanskrit language is going to have an effect on your chakras, the nadis, which are like the energy nerve tubes that run through your body. Mm. And those affect the physicality of your body and the energy of your body. So it's that's that's always the path that I go is that it is a universal energetic practice and um, and it is for everybody so it's mm-hmm. it's not excluding oh, I love that yeah I love that I feel like kind of anytime we delve into these new practices it's kind of important just to like you know because sometimes stuff comes up around faith and religion and it's like well, I want to try this thing, but how does it totally. interact? And yeah. yeah and I basically just say to people, just give it a try. See how it makes you feel. Yeah. yeah. If it doesn't do anything, it doesn't do anything. Exactly. If it turns your life in a positive way, uh, hey, there's something in there. Exactly. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So um, can you shout out your website? Um, I know you have a couple actually websites, one for your yoga studio for the yoga space, and then also one for the, the mantra teacher trainings. Can you give us, sure. uh, tell people how to find you? Sure, absolutely. So the yoga space um, website is theyogaspacenh.com. And the Mantra Teacher Training uh, website is Mantra Teacher Trainings, uh, plural, dot com. Fabulous. Yeah. So the Yoga Space NH, as in New Hampshire, the Yoga Space dot com, and then Mantra Mantra Teacher Trainings dot com. Exactly. Yeah. All right. That's easy. Yeah. That's easy. easy. And your beautiful photos on your website. And uh, yeah, exactly. You can see all kinds of more information <laughs> about that as well. Yeah, thank you. Well, we are coming to the top of the hour. Is there anything that you would like to just throw out there? Just words of wisdom or any any last bits of, of things that you feel like are important to, to put out into the, the universe? Yeah, I would just say to give mantra a try. Give yoga a try. Give mantra a try. It's uh, It's changed so many lives and it's changed my life it's changed my life and technically yeah (laughs) and it's really it's it's a way of prayer and meditation so um so certainly look me up give me a call or um, check out the websites and come join me for a training 
Mm, yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out and driving down from Keene. I know it's an hour, but it's, you know, it's still you took the time out to, to visit us in Northampton. And, um, and you know, if anyone's around tonight and they are looking for something to do, you can head on over to um, Sacred Roots Healing. They've got a, a cool sound bath over there. So that's sort of a sister studio to what you guys are doing in the yoga space in it New is. Hampshire. So yeah, I'm going to head over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you want to to meet Raji in person, that's a that's an opportunity. Exactly. To, um, so well, thank you again so much. I really appreciate you kind of sharing your whole world with thank us. Thank you so much. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All right. Well, we are going to close out, and um, um, thank you again, and be well, everyone.